0: hi friends and welcome to the between the covers book club podcast if this is your first time listening we want to let you know that we love you and you are always welcome to sit at our table between the covers believes in passionately pursuing our best selves through inspirational books and elevating and empowering our members along the way please take a look at our website btcbookclub.com backslash podcast to check out what books we are reading in the chapter calendar so you can read along and tune into these podcast discussions. We are all about empowering each other so please leave us a review and also share this podcast with others. Again we are so honored to have you on this journey with us. Let's dive in.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Between the Covers podcast. My name's Brienne, and today we're talking about part two of Untamed by Glennon Doyle. So to quickly introduce, we're going to go through each of the four keys. And the biggest thing I learned after chatting with the ladies today was it doesn't matter if you've mastered one key or all of them or none of them. We're all in this together, and we all have something to learn Uh, From each other. So hope you guys enjoy and let's jump right in
0: Hi everyone Hello, hi How's it going?
1: It's going okay. It is good. Happy Wednesday
2: Groundhog's Day. day. <laughs> yep, actually. No, I feel you on that. Uh, the Wednesday, too, because I had to check my calendar a couple of times. I thought it was Tuesday. I thought it was Thursday. Happy medium Wednesday. Works for me. Yeah.
0: That's the worst, though, when you think it's Thursday, because then you're like, yes, it's almost Friday. And then, mm-hmm. but like, what day is it anymore? Like, really, I honestly have lost track. Well, m-
3: Memorial Weekend is this weekend already. I had no clue.
1: Yes, I cannot wait.
3: Thanks for the reminder. Are you guys doing anything? We wanted to go camping, but there's no um, overnight camping as of now. So we're going to go make a day trip and do some hiking and come back. Well, to Austin.
1: Nice. I think we're doing? just going to do some boat time. Basic.
2: You said boat, boat time? time? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, do you have a boat?
1: <laughs> no, Um. there is an app and I'm pretty sure it's nationwide called Get My Boat. Um, and it's like Uber for boat. So you like book what type of boat? You look book how many people are in the cart or in the boat with you? Um, and they all, since they're um, like individuals, they set their hourly rate. Some have minimums, some don't. So get my boat. This is not a sponsored. <laughs> this nope, is no not free a ads, sp- but no. You we
0: <laughs> will make sure to link it so everyone all our btc listeners can get boats <laughs> So they can get their boats yeah <laughs> that's awesome i'm doing another road trip of course i'm like we're not where At to utah gonna go back to utah and just work from there if i'm gonna okay. be working virtually i'm gonna be doing it in a pretty place so yeah
2: where are you saying tell me because i'm gonna do this like i i don't have a tent anymore because i ruined my last one but i'm gonna buy a new tent and i'm actually gonna copy you where, like okay so, so maybe yeah. we link up after
0: <laughs> yeah so i have a tent i can totally give it to you if you want to borrow it this time around um we're actually staying in an airbnb oh nice okay just because i actually do need wi-fi yeah to work and so um we're staying in mohab half the time and then zion the other half of the time
1: okay um, i'm literally
0: I'm, get- sorry no Keep going no, sorry yeah. It's actually we're. It's not that bad. Of, I mean, we had like a twenty-six hour drive to Montana, so like no drive is that bad anymore. It's like fourteen hours to Moab, and I'm like, that's great. That's easy. I can do that in a day. <laughs> you like that's a half
1: day. <laughs> like, you're do like, you are truck- like the rest of our time. Seriously, you're like truck driver status at this point. <laughs> you are like twenty-six hours. That's for juniors.
0: Yeah, I know. But this time around, I'm actually going with some of the um, my friends from BTC. So Jessica um, Kirkland from HTX One and Daniela, um, oh also HTX One. So we're going together. Um, so we're excited to do a girls road trip. I and mean, hopefully yes. it happens when I leave Saturday.
2: I always think it's so wild that I know like Daniela and like Daniela's entire family. And then I'm like, wow, what a coincidence. But no, I joined this because she shared it to her Instagram story.
0: Yeah. I always forget you know Daniela. Yeah. Oh my God.
2: Yeah. An I was like besties with her brother in high school and college. I haven't talked to him forever. Yeah. Yeah. She's
0: an angel. Um, I know. So- she's so, so, I, yeah.
2: I think, I'm trying to think of the last time I saw her. Yep. No, we were getting Margs at Fresa's. It was the last time I saw Daniela.
0: A beautiful time, truly. I'll, I'll <laughs> tell her that we shouted her out on this podcast. <laughs> yeah.
2: Shout out to Daniela. Thank you for telling me about BTC. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Okay, well, let's dive into Untamed Part 2 discussion. Before we dive in, we're going to do the good news of the week. Sarah, hit us with it.
2: Cool. So I looked at a bunch of options. Some were pretty depressing. You guys know. You see the articles I submit. I'm like, ooh, capital punishment. That's cool. I mean, not cool. It's good news when it gets abolished. Uh, So... (laughs) Uh, Went ahead and and went with an interesting story from the BBC, and the headline says, China Abductions. Parents find son snatched in hotel 32 years ago. So a Chinese couple whose son was abducted in in a hotel in 1988 have been reunited with him after 32 years. So this kid's name is Mao Yin. He was snatched at age two while his father stopped to get him some water on the way home from the nursery. His parents searched the country for him, and his mother distributed more than 100,000 flyers. The family were reunited at a police news conference on Monday, and the son, now age 34, uh, said he planned to spend time with his parents. Pretty crazy. So, uh, wow. They, I know. They looked a little bit into what happened to him. Uh, he was born February 1986 in an interview with the South China Morning Post in January. Before he was found, his mother called him a very clever, very cute, healthy baby. Uh, so basically what happened was he asked for a drink of water. They stopped at the entrance to a hotel The father cooled down some hot water, looked away briefly, and the boy was taken. Uh, It goes on from there. The story goes into a lot of detail. The mother, Mrs. Lee, actually ended up quitting her job to search for her son. She handed out like 100,000 flyers in more than 10 provinces and municipalities without success. Um, She like went on TV. She went on the X Factor. She followed 300 leads like this. This is like this is tenacity. And I mean, I guess if there's a place to be tenacious, it's in the pursuit of your child. I'm scrolling down. Okay, so now to the question we're all wondering, how was Mao Yan found? So in April, state media said police received a tip about a man from Sichuan province in southwest China, about 620 miles from Xi'an, X-I-A-N, Xi'an. I hope I'm saying that right. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing it who had adopted a baby years earlier. So police found that the adoptee, now a 34-year-old man, and a DNA test was carried out to see if he was related to Mao Zhenxing and Li Jingji. It came back positive. So Mao Uh, Yin, who had been renamed Gu Gu Ningning, now runs a home decoration business. So good for him, an entrepreneur. Uh, He said he was not sure about the future, but he would spend time with his parents. So you know what? uh, I feel like that's a solid answer. Uh, I would say the same thing too. (laughs) <laughs> but like wow. how, would, how
0: would you so feel he was like, taken,
2: he was taken.
0: Was, yeah so he was like being raised by the this he, family
2: that- he was taken and sold to another family so wow. like it's it's it was like child trafficking
0: yeah my gosh
2: but they found him and so he was reunited with his parents i cut out a bunch of other stuff but that's on the bbc on bbc news if anybody's interested in reading up
0: BBC has my- a bunch
2: of really crazy stories.
0: This might be the most interesting good news of the week we've ever had. Oh yeah, always count on me for that.
2: <laughs> there was one story <laughs> I saw about a man who went and like killed the crocodile that ate his sister. I like that story. That really sticks out to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Y'all i kind of good news. I'm from Mississippi and that might have been my cousin. Like I'm not <laughs> kidding. <laughs> no. Wait, with the crocodile or the child trafficking? Oh my gosh, definitely the crocodile.
2: (laughs) I hope none of your relatives have been eaten by a gator. (laughs) Hey, good news, Uh, they found him. He's 34, he runs a home decoration business, but he found his parents.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it was like a thriller. Like, that I know. I I was like, what's gonna gonna happen next? How would you
2: feel about the parents that ended up buying you, though? Like, would you be mad? We don't know if they knew.
0: Yeah. Well if they I raised mean, him. Right. How did they raise him? I mean, I hope he was raised in like a great home. I'm sure he I mean was,
2: like nobody comes from like a crazy, like I don't he's he's he's, he's like an interior
0: designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Oh, he's doing great. Yeah. All right. Well, untamed, let's dive in, <laughs> part two. Okay, so part two is called Keys, and she breaks down, um, you could say, like, the chapters and two different keys that she thinks is, like, vital to have an untamed life. One, key one is feel it all, and I'm reading from page 50, in the middle of the page, I'm going to read this paragraph and then I have a question about it. I did not know before that woman told me that all feelings were for feeling. I did not know that I was supposed to feel everything. I thought I was supposed to feel happy. I thought that happy was for feeling and that pain was for fixing and numbing and deflecting and hiding and ignoring I thought that when life got hard, it was because I had gone wrong somewhere. I thought that pain was weakness, and that I was supposed to just suck it up. But the thing was that the more I sucked it up, the more food and booze I had to suck down. What What do y'all think about this paragraph?
2: So I immediately latch on to the pain as we're feeling. Was that the the quote? Oh, it's so true. I feel like there's not enough education, at least for children, at least when I was growing up, that it's important to feel and honor all of your feelings too. Because you're taught a lot about happiness and fairness and sharing, but never really about how to deal with sadness. And that is a really hard lesson that not everybody even gets to learn that like pain is for feeling. It's important to feel
3: all of your emotions.
2: That That sticks out, first of all, for me.
3: And I think we talked about, too, this is Emily, hi, that during this quarantine, I think a lot of us have been faced with this challenge of feeling our feelings instead of running around and avoiding them. We have had, I mean, I think even through quarantine, it could still have been possible to numb and deflect. So maybe not everyone had the opportunity to sit with them. Um. Yeah, I think I'm numbing my feelings more now
2: than I was at the beginning of quarantine, honestly. So it's a conscious choice. I totally agree with you, Emily.
1: Yeah, I, th- I thought I was super interesting as well. Like Even on the next page, she says the two things she's learned is she can feel everything and survive, which I feel like... M- A lot of times culture tells us to avoid those feelings to survive. Um, And then the second piece is I can use pain to become, which I thought was also just straight truth. And we know that, but sometimes you just have to read a book to remember. Um, That's where you grow and you're stretched and you're challenged is in the really uncomfortable moments.
0: Yeah, I really resonate with Sarah. Like, I feel like growing up, I was never taught, like, not even from my parents, but like teachers and culture, TV, radio, that I was supposed to feel sad and that it, like, you could only be happy all the time. And so this, like, really resonated with me. And then on page 51, at the end of the page, she says, Consumer culture promises us that we can buy our way out of pain. That the reason we're sad and angry is not that being human hurts, it's because we don't have those countertops or her thighs or those jeans. This is a clever way to run an economy, but this is not a way to run a life. Consuming keeps us distracted, busy, and numb. Numbness keeps us from becoming
2: yes yes it does i actually felt that today i made my first sephora order in two months because i finally ran out of shampoo and i was like oh my god (laughs) is that what this feels like felt amazing okay i forgot my troubles for, for a fleeting moment but yeah it's largely a distraction i didn't have to think about you know what kind of job i want or where i want my life to go or you know What the next year looks like for me no 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 i was just picking out some samples on the sephora website their user interface is amazing but yeah i've yes yes to everything Mm -hmm.
0: and and she's talking about like consumer culture and like sarah was saying like shopping on sephora like what are some other ways that y'all numb maybe it isn't shopping like what are what are some other ways
3: I think for me, it used to be going out a lot and just not Social. Yeah, like socializing and running around and being everywhere and staying out way too late. And then the next day, I have no idea what my goals are for the day, don't even know what my goals are for the week, month, et cetera, because I was so focused on just wanting to have fun. And I guess ultimately, yeah, being happy in that moment and not doing the deeper work to figure out what it is that's going to make me happy long-term.
1: Yeah. I, Emily, I, I, I agree. And mine's not even going out. It was just filling my schedule with things that distract me from not sitting in what I'm feeling. Um, not like thinking through the tough conversation, but just, onto the next thing, onto the next task. And a lot of those tasks were good. They weren't even necessarily bad. They could have been volunteering or running an errand for a friend, which on the outside looks good, but on the inside it's because I'm trying to avoid whatever my head is fighting, which ultimately is that consumer culture.
0: Yep. Yeah, you nailed it on your head, brie for me. Like, oh. Y'all know, like anyone that's in my um, Austin book club, like I always say I'm a compulsive number. So like I'll numb with anything that I can, whether that's alcohol, sleep, overeating, drugs, like whatever, social, volunteer, slamming my schedule, anything to get my mind off of what's not making me happy or feeling that feeling. And I've really dug into this like for probably the past six months just like giving up alcohol really trying to like deal with my own issues my present issues why I'm choosing to do things why do I need that shot of tequila why do I want like another serving of food like literally every decision I've been making I've been asking myself like why like why are you wanting to do that and even travel like it doesn't it's not always like bad things. Like you were saying, Brie, like it can be things that are good, but you're still like running from something. And it's really hard to just not numb. Like it is so hard. I, I just, if you're listening and you've like totally figured out a way how to not numb, like, let me know. Uh, because I just feel like, In our culture, it's, like, almost how you deal with anything bad that happens. And, and yeah,
3: this is hard. And I feel like we're told, well, I don't know. It's such a fine line because I think we're told, well, you deserve it. You deserve this chocolate or you deserve this wine or this whatever it is. But then it's, like, I, I know I've used that term in my head. Like, I deserve this because... X, Y, and Z. So it's like, when is it a justification? And when do you truly, I, don't, I, I guess I'm a reward-based um, person, but I feel like no, I it, can always justify if I deserve something.
0: Emily, I hear that voice all the time. And so then like, that's when I start digging deeper. Like, okay, why do I deserve this? Oh, Maddie, because you had a really tough day. Okay. So because I had a tough day, I need alcohol like why is alcohol gonna fix my tough day or am I gonna just like muster up some courage right now and sit with my tough day by myself and just figure it out like really like because yeah there is a time where you do deserve it like and whatever that is like for people what like I'm not saying everyone needs to like not have the chocolate or not have the glass of wine it's just like really digging in and being in intentional decision makers and like even glennon opens up this story about like how she's found herself through sobriety because it's just like you're not numbing anymore it's it's really interesting and yeah I, i think it's a topic we should all be talking about not just in book club but like even to our family like yeah anybody else have thoughts on numbing
2: Try to figure out when you are even numbing yeah oh, that's a thought i had okay. it's like why am i doing this like okay why am i going back for the third cookie it's like what's going on like and i always get a little bit embarrassed with myself when i figure out i am like, okay what am i running from i thought i was stronger than this it's easy it's always humbling too i'm trying to stop eating so much sugar right now. So that's that's what's got me thinking because I, I got addicted to sugar again. And like it's really hard because I sit here and I really want um, I really want an Oreo milkshake. But we're not gonna have an Oreo milkshake this week. It's really weird having to step up and parent yourself and say, okay, you are having these feelings right now. You've got this, sweetie. You're gonna make it through. But it's it's really weird having to be the adult with yourself and realize that you are the one running away from your feelings. It's, it's just weird. Growing up is strange.
3: Well, I, I yeah, I definitely agree with the parenting yourself. I've had to parent myself with technology. And when I notice I've been on an app for a certain amount of time, just I'm like 15 more minutes. And then it's another 15. And then it's like, okay, we need to go to bed now. And yeah, it's addicting. Mm-hmm.
0: I think you brought up a great point, Emily. Like we didn't, we haven't even touched about numbing on technology. Uh, like that's probably one of the biggest numbers is like, we don't want to deal with our own feelings. So we're just looking at everybody else's positive feelings. Like what a big, like talk about a screw up. Like <laughs> now we're just looking at other people having grand lives. Like, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I've been journaling. i Emily told us about, um, morning pages, which basically I'm a bad journaler. I just like, don't know what to write. And, and yeah, I just like, I always avoid it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I don't need to write it about anything. And Emily told us about morning pages, which basically you just wake up and you get out a piece of paper and you write three pages. And even if that's like, I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. Like, you just write three pages and the more I've done it, like things have been coming out and like feelings that have like, that are so deep that I never knew were there are like coming onto the page. And I'm like realizing I, how do you not numb these? <laughs> so I'm just supposed to deal with these feelings. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Instagram and traveling sounds a lot better. <laughs> It's yeah. like really tough to make there, it like-, like, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was no, going to no, say no, like,
2: no. is there a, like a, for me at about page two and a half, I just start to feel like alive and like my like creativity's flowing and like, I'm really in touch with myself. It, do you guys notice that? Is there like a certain page that you hit where you start to feel like in the zone?
3: It depends on the day and the mood I'm in. But yeah, sometimes I can keep going forever. And then sometimes I can barely fill in the second page. Mm -hmm.
0: But Sarah, I'm never like, I never open up my journal and I'm like on fire. Mm -hmm. It always happens like after a page or two that then it's like, all of a sudden I have so much to talk about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I, one thing for sure is I never open up my journal and I'm just like,
2: voila, Ready to dive in with some of your best ideas right off the bat.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I, need, to st- Go I ahead. need to start this. I am such a bad meditator and journaler. And I'm just, a, I think I've told myself I'm a busybody and it's not for me. And that's not the truth. Um, so I need to give it a a whirl what one thing i have been doing and one of the women in atx one she actually gave me the idea of just writing three things i'm grateful for every single day um and at least six of the seven days i'm grateful for my dogs but it's like just a recentering of okay i'm still grateful i still have a lot of things like to put my mind right but to i mean this just came to me but this untamed, am I masking or am I numbing with like my gratitude when I'm maybe having just a crap morning and I'm like, okay, I'm going to force myself to be grateful. Or should I be journaling like, you know, things to think about.
3: Yeah. Working through that feeling that you're feeling.
0: Yeah. Honestly, like it all starts with asking yourself why you're doing what you're doing every decision you make it's really crazy. Like every decision I make, it's like, why am I going on a run right now? Is it for exercise? Is it for good health? Do I just need to get out of the house? Like literally every decision I'm making, I'm questioning why I'm doing it. And sometimes that changes. And I
3: think we're foreshadowing to, to her, um, coining, knowing her knowing, I think that's Mm -hmm. what you're referring to Maddie.
0: Yeah, so we'll hop into the second key. So key two is be still and know. And Glennon tells us this story on the opening page about how, you know, her husband was cheating on her, and she found herself at three a.m. Um, Google searching, "What should I do if my husband is a cheater, but also is an amazing dad." And she kind of realized she was relying on Google to provide her probably the biggest answer of her life. And she goes to say, where the hell is myself? When did I lose touch with her? I wanted to ask the same question to y'all. Have you ever lost touch of yourself? And when was that? I mean... On
1: the small scale, it happens at least once a day where I'm like, that was out of character. And then on the large scale, I'm thinking of like uh, some like major and obvious ones and and just like with relationships and not necessarily like romantic relationships, but maybe even friend groups where I find myself in a conversation where I'm like, this is not what I'm about or who I want to be or how did I get here and trying to eject from that as soon as possible um but those don't just happen like for a split second like that is something that builds up and continues until you're in a situation where you're like this is just so not who I am and having to adjust
0: yeah no I love how you said like on a small scale every day because like that was so eye opening to me and so true. Like I'm thinking of massive events that have happened in my life that have like detoured me, but I'm like, holy crap, this does happen every day too.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought the moment. same. I, I thought the same thing. I was thinking of like some giant life event, but no, it's so true. It happens every single day. But for uh, the giant life event I was thinking of. So after high school, I moved to Austin and I, um, right after high school was going to a private art school for, and I was majoring in photography. So I was, I felt very in touch with myself because I was pursuing a passion of mine. And when I made the decision to stop uh, taking classes there and to go to a university and get my business degree, I think that was the beginning of losing touch with myself because then I was submerged in just a direction and a world that led me to where I am now, which is um, in a corporate job where I sit in an office, um, which ultimately is not my passion. Um, So I think that was definitely the turning point, but now I'm trying to get back there um, and I'm very grateful for the experience I had at the university. And like, I'm grateful that I have a business degree. Um, but I've, I definitely have not felt as in touch with myself since I've been at this corporate job.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. I think for me, well, now I have a whole new outlook because of brief statement. I do loose touch of my true self every day in some aspect. Um, On a bigger scale, I think when my dad um, decided to come out and go his direction with his partner and my family kind of just like shattered in front of my eyes, that was really tough. And I, definitely did not deal with those feelings then and kind of suppressed them and over drank and over partied I was the the perfect age of like going into college University of Texas Sixth Street and I thought like this is just what college is about but uh, like I definitely was drinking and like in excess like way too much and I think it was because I was just trying to honestly, yeah, maybe I did want to lose touch with myself. Like I wasn't proud of my family and like not having a normal Christmas and not having normal holidays. And like, and yeah, so I think on a massive scale, that is when I definitely lost connection with like, my inner peace and my inner knowledge.
1: What was like the turning point for you to get back to that? Like, when did you decide that that was a numbing tactic.
0: I mean, after so many years of it, you're just like drained. I, I was just drained. I was sick all the time. I looked awful. I looked like bags under my eyes. I wasn't getting enough sleep. I wasn't eating anything nutritious. <laughs> and after so long of living a life like that, you just like wonder, like, is there more to life is there more to this? Like, what am I doing? And then I honestly started, I grabbed the book, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey and or Covey, how, however you say his last name. It was like the first book that I had read from like cover, like front to back in years. Like I was not reading books like for self-betterment at the time. And when i read that book like when he was talking about your quadrants of time like quadrant one is important but not urgent quadrant two is important you know like different ways that you spend it and we most likely spend our time in quadrant one and three which are like important things but not like self-development and quadrant two is important things but not urgent and since it's not urgent you're always pushing those types of things like to your next day and your next day and it it, that just like lit a fire in me like i was like holy crap i am not spending any of my time in quadrant two like where is my self-growth and that's when everything kind of changed i just was like i'm not obviously it was slowly it wasn't like i'm giving up alcohol and i'm never raging again like no it was very (laughs) slow process still to this day i'm struggling with it so long answer, but yeah, just kind of. No, that's super helpful. Yeah. Okay. So then Glennon talks about finding her knowing and she kind of tells a story where one day she decided to lock herself in the closet for 10 minutes and lay on the ground in silence. And at first it was painful, like, She was just thinking about the laundry she had to do and the cleaning. She couldn't like sink in and just like take some quiet time. But then she started doing it every day. And we all know it ends up being a huge awakening for her. And she's finally grounding herself in this knowing space of quiet time and like really spending this time with God and, or whatever you believe in, but like setting this time aside to spend it with, yourself and like something greater than yourself and so hers happens in the closet i wanted to ask y'all when do y'all feel like y'all's sense of knowing it depends
2: on the situation for me if it's something i've been thinking about for a long time i think i can get like hmm I, could, I, I come to a lot of conclusions and have a lot of good ideas during hot yoga. So I don't know if that's the knowing, but I guess whenever I'm at a crossroads or I have a big decision to make, I make sure to take a little bit of time and sit and think about it and maybe just like stare at some water or some fire. I don't just stare at the wall and just wait and see. And I eventually do like figure out like the idea comes up. It did remind me a lot of, Glennon's description of the knowing kind of reminded me a lot of the strategies that I use to come up with an answer. Did I just say a whole lot of nothing? <laughs> I
0: think I did. I think
2: I said nothing. I don't know. Yeah, I liked her strategy. reminded me of my own and hot yoga.
3: <laughs> and I thought Volt. it was Sarah that that does kind of feed into what she says about if you just stop doing, you'll start knowing. So yeah. in yoga, you're forced to, I mean, even though you are doing something, but you are forced to be alone with your thoughts.
1: Okay, savasana. So
2: yeah. No, that's my favorite one. No, I'm, I really miss hot yoga. <laughs> it like got to the point. I was, I was taking a stretch class every week and I don't know if I talked about it on here, but like, Oh my God, I'll just close my eyes and smile through the whole thing. Mm.
1: I miss it. <laughs> Um, I thought it was funny that her kind of, like, be still space is a closet. And for our listeners who are just joining, obviously we're in quarantine. And what you can't see is we're all equivalent of a FaceTime. And we're all sitting in our closet. So I thought that was, like, super interesting. And to Sarah's point of, like, finding the be still moment... I was trying to think of what my be still moment was as well. And I might be the the be still moment in my head, but I'm still doing something. And so I need to carve out like a designated space Maddie, I've seen on your Instagram where you like roll out your yoga mat. You've got like twenty-seven diffusers going. Um, you've got your dog Jasper in his bed, and everyone is content and comfortable. And I need to create that environment for myself and like truly be still.
0: Um, you say truly. Thing. You say truly be still. Like yo, this happens after thousands of times of practicing. <laughs> Like, you have to really just start. It's like dating. It's literally like dating yourself. Like, where do you feel the most comfortable with yourself? Like, dude, mine is in the bathtub. When I have, like, all my candles and I feel my breath when I'm breathing and the water is going with my breath and my eyes are closed and I can just feel, like, my wholeness breathing with myself, I just feel so connected with myself like in the water and the candles and the incense, but also sometimes it's running. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. when I'm running, I just, this like thing overtakes me and I feel a sense of knowing I can make better decisions. I'm more clear minded, but like you have to give, yeah, you're dating yourself where, Mm -hmm.
3: And I think for me too, as much as I love to have alone time and I I journal, but I'm also very aware of my knowing, I think it's my intuition, gut feeling when I'm in a situation, in different situations. And like Brie was saying, being in a situation and kind of noticing how you're acting and is this really who I am or am I putting on... A different face for this group of people and then the opposite when you are around people that you really are aligned with and you if you feel lit up that's when you know that you're on the right path that's that's kind of how I view it
0: yeah I completely agree but like Brie you do have to set some time aside to date yourself right yeah like 30 minutes in the morning, maybe for a couple weeks, you try laying on a yoga mat and just laying there for 10 minutes. And then maybe after a couple weeks, if you're like, hey, like, I'm just, I don't have a sense of like knowing, then maybe you try a morning run or like an afternoon run. Like it's different for everyone, but you have to give yourself the space to kind of find that.
1: Okay. I love that. I'm definitely going to put forth a solid effort between this recording and the next one, and I'll report back.
0: What about you, Sarah? Oh, wait, you gave your answer.
2: Yeah, I said a whole lot of nothing. (laughs) I basically just said, I agree with Glennon and hot yoga.
0: No, Glennon is great. And um, for anyone listening, and you're having an issue with meditation, uh, I still have an issue every day. But I use an app called Headspace. And it's free. But if you're wanting to have guided daily meditations on different topics, you can pay but they even have like sleep and all that jazz. And I do it for 10 minutes every morning. And it's been a I call, kind of call it like my mindful moment and they discuss a different mindful meditating topic every morning that you can kind of just um, start your day with. So that helped me when starting this like meditation process. Cause I just like, didn't know what to do. Like, okay. I just breathe in silence and this kind of helped guide me. Um, okay. So part three is dare to imagine this is key three and oh I loved this one so I don't what does Glennon do for a living because she's talking about how she hears women's like stories a lot and feedback and I'm like is she a therapist I don't I wanted to ask it don't know Okay, I'm like, why is she hearing all of these like projects?
2: No, I don't think so. I think people just write into her a lot. Her...
0: Oh, okay, that makes sense.
2: I'm googling together rising, maybe like maybe she's talking about her um her charity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She might be talking about her ch- charity. I forgot mm-hmm. she wrote that charity. Well, mm-hmm. I thought this was super interesting. So she goes to explain that these women are writing into her about being in like a failed marriage or a bad relationship with their son or having a terminal illness. And Glennon kind of responds to these emails by asking a similar question, which is what is your truest, most beautiful story about your marriage or your illness or your life that you can imagine and I thought this was a really interesting question (laughs) I I still actually am journaling about it because I don't even quite know but when I first ask y'all that like what is your truest most beautiful story about your life that you can imagine does anything come to mind
3: I think I'm coming from a place where I know where what I do not want. I think I still need to journal on what the specific details of what it is, but I'm very certain about the things I do not want. Like I don't want to repeat history, but I'll, I'll have to journal about it.
1: Emily, I'm in the same boat as you. Like I think just from growing up i'm more in the okay well i don't want to do this and i don't want to do that but this piece right here i actually loved it like when the mom is dealing with issues and the wife and the fact that she gives this letter to her husband and it just opens up the conversation um I don't know what my like story looks like, just because it just changes so much. Um, I don't know. How far have you gotten, Sarah?
2: Gotten in what? Finding my truest, most beautiful life. Um. Uh, it's such a scary question too, because. kind of asking us like well what are your biggest hopes and dreams but like is is a truest most beautiful life is that the same thing as like your wildest dreams it feels like it's different how are you guys interpreting that
0: yeah no I think it's up to anyone's interpretation but at first when I started kind of thinking when I was reading this chapter and I, I pulled aside and kind of thought what is my truest most beautiful life the very first thing I thought about was like my hopes and dreams and having a family and living in the hill country, having acres. Like that was the first thing I thought about, which is funny that then when I thought about it longer throughout a couple of days, slept on it and ended up being my identity, like my true self identity. Like how am I showing up in every conversation in every room? How am I being authentic? How am I encouraging others? How am I feeling my feelings? It has nothing to do with like what house I live in or how many kids I have.
3: And I like that matter that you wrote down something and then you changed it. And I think that's okay. I think like Sarah said, when you like, it's kind of scary to put something down on paper. So yeah, even when you're journaling about it, it's totally okay to write something down and be like, why did I write that? I don't I like and to, to come back to it the next day and be like, actually, that's not it. Cross it out. Write something else. I will have to do that multiple times.
0: That was one of the things I found so groundbreaking in this chapter was she's talking about how when you use your imagination, that is one dimensional, and it's hard to go from one dimensional to three dimensional. People are skipping Mm -hmm. the two dimensional phase, which is getting it down on paper. And I thought like, this is so groundbreaking. Like this shows why writing your visions down, writing your goals down, journaling in the morning, like getting it out of your imagination Is critical and I I thought that was really interesting and yeah you can always question your imagination like Emily said but you just need to like get it out and then key four is build and burn and this is the key that she is talking about on the first in the first paragraph she says here's the rub Destruction is essential to construction. If we want to build the new, we must be willing to let the old burn. Do y'all think that's true? Yeah, to a degree. Like you don't have to let it all
1: burn, but the toxic parts of your life, like you have to create new habits and to create new habits, you have to break old ones. Um, So I, I do agree. And friendships. I think about
3: friendships when I read this.
1: Good one. Mm-hmm.
3: Those toxic That's, ones. It's hard. It's really hard. But you have to be willing to, if it is like a friendship, it's like stand up for yourself and do what's right for you. I agree. If change
2: is just so painful on the whole that things have to become really just untenable for us to do anything about it, I think. There's this quote that's like, we only change when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of the change itself. I don't, I just butchered the quote, but that's no, that's the gist it. of it. 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 Oh, Thank you so much. Uh-huh. I think I heard like Dave Ramsey say it. I don't love oh, him. Mr-, <laughs> Mr. Dave. <laughs> we love him. But I think that's uh, often why we do have to rise from the flames too, because it takes a very measured, like, Oh my, so aw- like self-aware and just a person who's aware of their surroundings. Like it takes a lot to know when to walk away and when to make that change. And that's why I think so many of these transitions do happen in flames. Like I've been, I just feel like my life is, is always in flames, honestly. So maybe I need to learn when to walk away better, but yeah. yeah. Flames feeling- in a good way
1: or? Um, yeah, I guess.
2: No, I, I guess I, I'm just always like, oh, okay, well, like this last like year and a half, two years has been just oh, crazy for me. And like, even this week, like I'm moving out of my apartment in like two days and I just sold like my $1,000 car like yesterday and I, I turned in my laptop for my job because I'm like, oh, I'll get into that in highs and lows, but like, oh God, I just feel like I'm in the fire right now. So I understand. I'm feeling the fire.
0: that's also when you become like in the suffering and the fire is when you become and you evolve and you
2: you go back in the fire.
0: (laughs) I don't think you're like self afflicting fire. I think like situational life is happening and it's like, I don't think you're having, I don't know. I think it's just like with the pandemic and everything going on, like you're doing the best you can. (laughs) Yeah. And you're dealing with the fire like the best you know how I thought so um probably about when BTC started a year and a half ago we read Rachel Hollis girl wash your face and she does have one of these lies so that the way she writes the book is each chapter is a lie you tell yourself mm-hmm. and one one of the lies was that that like I don't need to burn anything down you know to change but like she's saying that's a lie like you do and I kind of disagreed with it I was like no like you don't need to burn anything down like you can change and you can still have current structure current family units like current things in your life you don't need to burn anything down now a year and a half later burn it (laughs) Burn it in flame. <laughs> burn it down. If you are listening and you're telling yourself like, oh, I don't need to like burn that relationship because maybe burn one it. day they'll love me, burn it. Like, burn it. oh, I don't need to stop drinking alcohol because it's fun. Like, dude, you need to start burn questioning everything you're doing and really start like forming new habits, like Bree said, because I definitely made an excuse. Like I was too scared to change. And I was Mm -hmm. like, no, I don't have to burn anything. And I've learned that there's so much greater on the other side when you do start, like, letting go of things that are holding you back. Emily, what were you going to say?
3: Well, yeah, I was was going to start to say, well, like, uh, just so much justification and relationships, whether that be, like, boyfriends or friendships that I've had. So much justification of why it's okay and but i should have stepped away
1: Mm -hmm. i saw yeah i saw a quote this week that was like you have to break up with your boyfriend to meet your husband and (laughs) while we all have that relationship where we're like me up except madison except (laughs) except you (laughs) maddie (laughs) Uh,
0: that's not true that's not true (laughs)
1: um but even like translating that of like you have to break up with, like, your, like, bad eating habits to find, like, mental clarity. You have to break up with your friend group to, like, elevate your level of conversation. So, like, it doesn't even have to be like that. But what do you have to give up to, to get that's going to be so much better on the other side?
2: Mm, I
0: love that. Yeah, I, yeah, I love it. I love it so much. And definitely when I started like self growth, I was like, oh, I don't need to give up this. But now that I have given up a lot, man, there's just life is so much better when you just really start diving in and like letting go of stuff holding you back from growing.
2: So it sounds like we're very pro burning it down now. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. I think (laughs) we are very pro burning it down. I love it. It's dramatic little Wayne lighter flick. <laughs>
0: Fireman. <laughs> Fireman. Yes, <literally. laughs> um, okay. So last question I have is which key out of those four keys spoke most to you in your life? So just a reminder, um, Key four was build and burn. We just talked about that. Key three was dare to imagine. Key two was be still and know. And key one was fill it all.
1: I'll go first. Um, I think mine's going to be key one so that I can have the rest of the keys. Um, just to... What? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I need to start feeling it so yeah. that I can burn it. And I need to start feeling yeah. it so that I can be still. Uh, um, yeah. Sorry, that was confusing. But key ones. I, key I thought one's you main. were just being a baller. I thought you were like, I got them all. Like, so
2: I get all the keys. I was like, yes. Oh my God. Yes. Homeowner. Okay.
3: <laughs> keys on the bond.
0: I wish. But the fact that for some reason on Squadcast, the app that we record on, brie who is just talking <laughs> her name <laughs> is oil <loyal> Keys. <cheese>. Oh, <laughs> it is it is yeah
2: okay, sorry sorry i'm sorry brie go ahead.
0: <laughs> she wants all the keys no brie you brought up good, a good point you have to feel it yeah. to have the others i didn't even think about that so
1: i'm Anybody starting else? at ground zero i'm sure if anyone else that's listening is starting at ground zero we're in this together
2: Beginning is a great place to start. Um, so for me, I guess the one that the one that hit me the most, and I actually didn't even answer it when we were talking about it earlier, was the dare to imagine one. I have always kind of had trouble dreaming because man, I just don't want to be disappointed. And I know I'm not alone in that too. I don't want the crushing disappointment of well, not fulfilling my hopes and dreams, but if you never even dare to imagine and you don't think about you know your truest most beautiful life and you don't put it down on paper then it doesn't really have a fighting chance of coming into fruition and so daring to imagine is something that i'm working on right now
0: that was beautiful
3: mine this is emily my favorite was the last one the build and burn I love this sentence right here. So I'm going to kind of try to summarize the paragraph, but she says for a long while I contorted myself to live according to a set of old memos I'd been issued about how to become insert whatever that is to become a successful woman, successful man, whatever that is. Um, So I took back the wheel. um, Oh wait, I'm sorry butchered that um she says i was flying on autopilot routed to a destination i never chose so i took back the wheel i quit abandoning abandoning myself to honor those memos and i feel like that's where i'm at right now i'm like taking back the wheel because i've been on autopilot for the past few years and That's the only way. I mean, I've said that word before. That's the only way I can describe how I felt over the past Mm -hmm. few years. I was just like going through the motions. And I think it started with going to a university, just going through the motions. Okay, well, this is what you do now. Now I graduated. Okay, well, now I'm applying for jobs and I'm interviewing. Okay, I got an interview. Oh, I got a job. Great. Now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just all on, on autopilot. So I feel like I'm taking the wheel back and i'm looking around and i'm saying no so i'm ready i'm ready to burn it i love that yes
2: girl we love that energy
0: burn I love it, down. It, so it gave me the chills and you know it's just so awesome having like women in this together because we're all going to be burning it down Something in our life and to know that like one of us is currently doing it or has done it like we're in it together and we're gonna Like overcome this and cheer each other on until the end until we are just as proud as we can be my favorite was Be still and know and So that was key number two And a couple things resonated with me in this one of that was what I learned even though I'm afraid to say it is that God lives in this deepness inside of me when I realize God's presence and guidance God celebrates by flooding me with this warm liquid gold this life is mine alone so I have stopped asking people for directions to places they've never been There is no map and we are all pioneers. And I just love that. Like I ask so many people's opinions on things and like, granted, like there there's a great knowledge exchange that happens when you're asking for people's opinions. Like I'm not saying you should never ask what people think or something like that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying rely on yourself. Like no one's lived your life no one you only you know the true north in your life your true north star that is guiding you no one can tell you what that is and i've kind of just y- y'all know i've applied for btc to be a nonprofit. i am moving into directions because i was like you know f this i am tired of hearing other people's opinions on what btc should be like we are gonna just go with what i think is best and Hopefully something happens, but like, it's time to start like making our own decisions for our own life, not culture, not family, not parenting, not habits. Like it's time for us to take the wheel. Like Emily said. I love that. Get it. Hey, we
2: should be clapping now. now. I'm so pumped up right now. I'm amped. I'm high on life.
3: I'm going to yeah, workout. We all <laughs> picked the four keys. We all picked a different key.
0: I know like we planned no, it, but we planned. didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, not, it was not planned at all. And one of the that's it one does. of the things I thought was beautiful about it is like Glennon's writing is speaking to each one of us in different ways. And yeah, okay. Well, we are slowly wrapping up. We will discuss part three on the next episode which is a pretty bulky part. So we might divide it into two. Uh, personally, this is Maddie talking. I actually stick to our chapter calendar and I don't read ahead. And so I don't, I'm going to read part three and see if we could cram it into one episode. But if it's too much, we might break it up into two. Okay. Uh, we will see. We're going to end this episode with a quick high and lows of our week. So who wants to go first? Anyone have a high or a low they want to share? I mean, I do. Okay.
2: Well, I guess I'll start with, do we do highs or lows first?
0: Whatever I mean, your heart. Is start with
2: high. I always want uh, to start with a high. It's bad because if you start with a high, then you end on low. But you start with a low, then you start with a uh. <laughs> Anyway, high note, just had a great pizza um, from Numero 28 in Austin. Shout out. If you're gluten free at all, their gluten free crust is amazing. I like, uh, I can't say enough good things about it. But my God, had a great pepperoni pizza. It's been a great little weekend at my friend's lake house. It's just nice to be in the water and all that. Um, as for a low, life is just super uncertain. On Friday, <laughs> my job went from like furloughed to terminated, and so that that was pretty crazy. I I feel really weird and like. Honestly, kind of ashamed. Like, I feel like a failure of an adult. Like, I got a college degree, I got a master's degree, had a job for a couple of years, and now I'm just back at square one. Um, so, feeling weirder about that than I thought I would. And just, you know, speaking, you know, burn it. I'm all for burning it. Um, everything is just different now. I turned in my work laptop. I turned in, you know, everything they had given me. I sold my car. I'm moving out of my apartment. Like, it's weirdly. A really big week for me, and I didn't plan that. But in my whole life, I've just had so many opportunities to um, change, and so I guess this means I'm leveling up.
0: <laughs>
2: but it's I feel definitely like, uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is gonna be like the Kickstarter to a lot of really cool things ahead for you.
2: Well, thank you. No, I have been like really inspired and writing a lot of music, but I don't know if it's any good because it's just me in a vacuum and that's that's a really huge fear that I have too. Like once it finally gets out there that it sucks, but I guess that's, that's the only way to find out. And trial and
0: error. Totally. Yeah, that is. And like I encourage you to like feel the feelings, but I also encourage you to call out the lies you're telling yourself like you're a failure. Mm, thank and It's you. okay to feel uncertain it's okay to feel scared it's not okay to call yourself a failure and then think that you're a failure great That's so um yeah you're not a failure if that was the case there's 30 million other people can also me that doesn't technically have (laughs) a job so we there's a lot of failures if that's the case and like i just don't think that's true and so um, we're all doing the best we can in this pandemic. And like, Sarah, you're, I really do think like what Bree said, your creativity is like ignited. And I think some really cool stuff is like going to come out of your heart and soul, even though it's a little scary. Oh
1: my God, you guys are so nice.
0: <laughs> Who else?
1: Emily, do you want to go? Sure.
3: So I'll start with my low, um, So even though, I mean, quarantine isn't officially over, it feels like my life is kind of like picking back up as far as the pace of what it used to be. So I'm feeling very scatterbrained and I was trying to think of a metaphor earlier, like, you know, when you get laundry out of your dryer and you try to like get it in all one Anyone else do that? Yeah, and you Anyone drop like, you yeah, drop, you drop one and then <laughs> one sock, you like bend down to pick it up and then you pick up the other one. Like I feel <laughs> like I'm doing that, but like on a treadmill.
1: I've like, never heard anything more relatable in my entire life.
3: <laughs> like in life is not back to normal all the way, but I've just been so like used to the quarantine life of like peace and not having anywhere to be. And so now when I've, I have had to be a few places or go do a few things, it feels overwhelming. So I'm trying to just get organized and hopefully that will help with my feelings about that. Um, And I'm just trying to take what I've learned during quarantine and I don't want to go back to my old ways. And it feels like I'm going back to my old ways so that's why it's a low. Um, but I think I just need to stop, be still, and remember what what I've learned. Um, and my, well, my high is also tied in with that. Um, one of my best friends is getting married and we went to pick up her wedding dress. So that was super exciting. We all had to wear masks. Um, she could only bring um, myself and another one of her really good friends. Um, and we were the only ones in the dress shop. So Oh gosh, that was yeah. So they're um they're only letting in the bride and two guests to come in. So that was a really cool experience, even though we had masks on, but it made it memorable. Girl, you made the cut. Your friends' friends.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. So MySpace Top Five type stuff. <laughs>
1: nice. Um, I'll go next. This is Bree. Um, I think just with the quarantine. I'm like, I had two nieces have birthdays this week and because of the quarantine, like that they just didn't get to celebrate like we typically do. Um, my boyfriend's sister bought a house and like, we were super excited to go and help move in and like paint and do all of that in Southern California. And like, we can't really do that anymore. Um, so it's just like, I guess that was probably my low of like I'm just, like, itching to hug my people. Um, My high would probably be, like, um, I'm just, like, in a really, like, grateful state as far as, like, I'm glad that I have a roof over my head. I'm grateful that I have, like, the community that I do, especially with BTC. Um, I'm, like, just feeling motivated and encouraged in ways that I haven't in my adult life. And so just reflecting on that. I've been really just grateful for what's ahead, which is something that I haven't felt through this quarantine, which is interesting.
0: I would love to have a side conversation with you, Emily, about, or all of y'all about holding on to the peace that you found in quarantine. We, I've been diving into that a lot with other women, like just kind of how you're, how you should hold on to it. And I can definitely share some tips and tricks that we have came up with. And if anyone listening is maybe interested in these tips and tricks, maybe we can just do a whole entire podcast episode about how to hold on to the piece because there are are some good things that I think have come out of um, the quarantine. My high was seeing Aaron, hands down literally my brother is the funniest human on earth like i actually peed my pants no (laughs) lie like i had not laughed that hard since the last time i saw him which was uh, two years ago and geez like he is so funny like even alex like we're like dude it's time that you start doing stand up like at little bars in big sky because He's just so hilarious. And a, a, a part of it is like, kind of, I don't know, sad because he struggles with mental illness, but his outlet is making others laugh and not himself. But this trip, he definitely seemed like the healthiest that I've ever seen him mentally and physically. And so that was a really big relief. And y'all I just love my brother so much like I would die for my brother in a and I'm second It wouldn't even be like a contemplation I would literally lay my life down for him and so like just to see him just like ignited my heart and so I just love him so that was definitely a high and um also applying to be a nonprofit was really exciting like it hasn't gone through but we're in the direction and that was really exciting. I honestly, I don't have any lows and I'm not going to create a low. I think that normally I um, always have some type of low, but I'm not going to create a low if I don't have one. And so uh, that's it. We're so excited. Y'all tune in. We can't wait to wrap up untamed. Oh my gosh. And we will be voting on the next book. Come soon. And our podcast listeners, if you're listening and you haven't signed up on our website, which is btcbookclub.com backslash podcast, you can sign up right there if you want to be in the know on all things podcast. And I send out emails that have the episode launching or book poll or anything like that so if you sign up there you can actually vote on the book that we are going to be reading next if you're interested so that voting is going to happen soon so we're excited and i love y'all i hope you'll have a great week bye guys Bye. bye